Oh, darling elevators, if you are struggling with the day job, your daily productivity, or your nightly slumber, I would love to help you out and feature you right here on this show. Go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash hot seat and schedule your free Elevate Your 8 strategy session. Past success stories include college grads developing an at-home routine and furloughed folks finding their way back to work. These fill up super fast. So go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash hot seat to schedule your strategy session today. And now onto this week's episode. You're listening to the Elevate Your 8 podcast, the easily digestible lifestyle show that empowers you to live your happiest, most productive life so you can achieve time freedom. Productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Honor your work-life balance by working only eight hours a day. Honor your health and wellness by sleeping eight hours every night. Once you figure that out, the rest is gravy, or Jolly Ranchers if ever you prefer. If you're ready for a healthy helping of life-changing wisdom with a side of quirkiness, you're in the right place. Here's your host, dairy-free, karaoke-crazy, future 200 breaststroke national champion, Chris McPeak. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Eight. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and my guest today is another pod pal connection that I made through our mutual friend, Adam Shibley. My guest today is Deborah Kazowski of the Millionaire Woman Podcast. Deborah, thank you for popping on the call today. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you for having me. It is my honor, actually. Um, you have a pretty long history of being an entrepreneur. You're a three-time published author. Um, so let's kind of walk through your journey. Where did you start? How did you wind up where you are? Well, my background is actually nursing. Oh, wow. And I was invited by a friend on a day off who was a financial planner and said, you know what, Deb, you need to come with me to this event. And I came to the event and the guest speaker was actually Sandra Yancey, the head of eWomen Network. And she was talking about the little engine that could, and she was talking to all these in women entrepreneurs in the room. And when I was sitting at my table, I was just watching, I was mesmerized wow. by individuals sharing stuff about their business, you know, doing their el traditional elevator pitch. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I've never been exposed to this world before. I need a piece of this. So, you know, I went to a few other seminars, a real estate seminar, and I thought, you know what? I truly want to be a speaker. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in the audience, sitting front row, you know, listening to this real estate guy. And I went <laughs> up to him during the break and I said, you know what? I want to pick your brain. Yeah. I want to ask you a question. And he goes, go sit down, Deb. And I'm like, okay. I said, okay. Down. He called me up after the break and he said, hey, Deb, what did you do wrong just a few minutes ago? And I oh, looked wow. He made an example of you at the session? He made an example of me in front of 200 people. Wow. The best thing was for me is that I had just read Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. And it was all about, you're not going to pick somebody's brain. If you're going to do anything, you're going to create a win-win scenario, or you're going to do something of reciprocity, like right. volunteer, take them out for dinner so that there's an exchange. I love that. Yeah. And, uh, I was like beat red. 
and I, I but I caught <laughs> the lesson quickly, right? Yeah. To learn fast. And at the end of the event, all these people came up to me telling me all the ways I could get to becoming that. Wow. And then I was at another seminar of the same gentleman. And when there was a guest speaker, um, Dan Locke, he was doing a presentation and I went to the back and I said, I could do this. And he looks at me and goes, quit over analyzing everything. I'm going to mentor you. And so he mentored me through the process of starting out and um, interviewing a p- people for the Millionaire Woman series. It was an audio series that I started with. Okay. Um, he just, I said, how do you do that? Like I thought, what's the normal thing to do? Write a book. And he goes, well, start off by interviewing a whole bunch of women you would admire and fit the qualities because I was all about rich from the inside out. Yeah. And uh I messaged people not thinking that they were going to say yes. And they said, yes. And I interviewed people. And then I went to his event in Vancouver and went on stage and shared the progress that I had done in like a six week period of time. Like I was pushing it because I was so excited about the potential of where, where would this take me? Yeah. And uh, it's been quite a journey. It's like 10 years later and, you know, that's amazing. Selling author and a whole bunch of other exciting things that have happened along the way. And you basically just did an entire 180. You went from nursing to being a, a speaker, a motivating speaker. And how did the coach part come into it all? Well, during my work, you know, um, I had been coaching people before, but there was an opportunity to coach in leadership and performance okay. management. So there was an opportunity for me to get a certification. I had, you know, inquired around. I thought about doing an MBA or an MA in leadership. And I wasn't exactly sure what direction I wanted to go. So I was interviewing a few people and they said, Deb, go get your coaching. Let that be your launch pad. Yeah. Okay. So I got certified and, you know, um, through Royal Roads University, phenomenal university. I was a blended program online and in person. Nice. Um, Made connections all over Canada. And I think there was somebody from the US as well. But it was a really cool experience. And I think the more we expose ourselves to opportunities and experiences, that truly shifts who we are. So that kind of runs into my next question. I found something on your website that was really speaking to me because it's sort of the way that I used to approach students when I worked in student affairs. I've I've been in higher education my whole adult life, um, but uh, I I work in development now, so it's a little bit different. Um, You wrote that you get energized and excited about raising standards, creating breakthrough opportunities, and challenging people to step into their potential and share their gifts. So how did you come to develop that mantra on that it's almost like a mission statement a vision statement where did where did all that come from in your brain because I think it's beautiful and I think it, it makes me want to get up and go do something right away <laughs> well one of the things um there's a few different components that led to that mantra okay and one is I would have I had um a networking group years ago, the Millionaire Woman Club, and that's where the Millionaire Woman show kind of spurred on and grandfathered the title. Okay. What I did is I always had questions that people needed to answer related to their business for growth. And with that, people called me the facilitator of thought questions. Nice. And part of that is I love to challenge people to think differently. Mm-hmm. I love to tell them, you know, mediocre is not okay when you know that you can raise the bar for yourself and raising your bar for yourself sets a standard for yourself. But sometimes the people around you, it triples 
you know, around people have to be ready for change. Yes. Nobody yes. They have a readiness, right? Mm -hmm. And stepping into potential and sharing the gifts many years ago, you know, those childhood experiences when I was eight years old, <laughs> um, we had a family tragedy. Okay. And I remember, you know, we, I had lost a cousin and I had made a gift for my godfather, whose son that was. And okay. I had been hiding in the bathroom, waiting for him to come in at Christmas at my grandparents. And I would jump out and I'd say, is he here yet? Is he here yet? And, you know, he was going through some grieving Sure. And um, I kept asking where he was. I wanted to share my gift. And they'd say, Deborah, now is not the time to share your gifts. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, not even, you know, kids, how they are, jumped out again. I'm like, is he here yet? Is he here yet? Yeah. I want to give him my gift. Again, you know, Deborah, now is not the time. And then finally the door opened and I came running out and, you know, I was not, it was not the right timing for the gift. And I still, to this day, do not even know if I shared that gift. Oh no. I was going to ask you, what did he say when he got it? <laughs> that messaging though was buried subconsciously. And it wasn't until my coaching program, when we were talking about signature presence and, you know, I'm, you know, going through that onion process that I remembered what had happened. I was like, Oh my goodness. I can't, I can't believe this. That, now I've had a shoebox campaign that I have a TEDx talk based on it. Awesome. And it made, it all showed the linkages of everything that you do in life really leads you from one place to another. So my purpose is to really get people to share their gifts because at one time I was told it was not the right time. Mm -hmm. And then I look back at different times that I've, you know, shared my gifts, but I also held back a little bit. So I want to encourage people that if I can share my gifts and you can share yours, this world's going to be a better place. Yeah. That means we need to step into our potential and into the skin that we're meant to be in. And yeah. it's kind of like a snake because every level you get to, you're kind of shedding, you're showing up differently as, a, as another person. So it's a really cool um, analogy to think, there's so much more to us than we give ourselves credit for. And if we only knew what type of gifts we had inside of us, our talents, skills, and abilities, we would unleash <laughs> completely. Yes. Release the Kraken. <laughs> exactly. Deborah, do, do you find that people come to you because they have a sense of what their gifts are and they just want to, they want it validated? Or do you find that people come to you because they have no, they don't have any idea where to start and they want somebody to tap into them and say, you're great at this. Now, now go and make it amazing. You know, I find that a lot of people come to me seeking clarity, mm -hmm. looking to really drill down and find out what those gifts are. Sometimes they're not sure. Sometimes they're not sure of the direction that they want to go, or they've been caught up in messaging from the past, from people that they admired. Yeah. You know, they made one comment and they replay that belief in their head of what they're capable of. So I like to help people bust through those limiting beliefs, gain clarity. I do a lot of mindset exercises with people to really awesome. focus on where those beliefs come from. And as we break through some of those beliefs and stay focused on where we're going, we can build into the clarity. And that's where they often, you know, that blueprint opens up as soon as you have clarity. 
So if someone was looking, because you made a, a huge career change, you just literally did do that 180 and went from something that was health sciences to, you know, more like business development and, and professional development. So um, for someone who's looking to make a, a huge pivot like that, I mean, how would, how would somebody get started in your opinion? Well, one of the things that I'd recommend is, you know, that clarity is a huge piece. Now I still do some work with healthcare. Do you? Um, yep. And um, being able to support teams because a lot of the work that I did was in management and leadership okay. and, um, you know, attending a lot of professional development courses and things like that. Sure. So when, when you do that, you're kind of living in the leadership world. Um, the business part, I facilitated for a company, their entrepreneurial training. So that's where I learned a lot, plus of the books that I've read that fill my library here. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of everything that I've learned is self-taught and also the failures and <laughs> falling down on my face. Those were right. self-taught, right? And <laughs> being able to look for the lessons that come with it. So a huge shift for sure. But one of the things I'd recommend is get clear on what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. Start making the plan as to what the action plan will be. And sometimes you don't always have that clear picture of what that looks like, but your belief has to be so strong that you speak with conviction about yeah. it and that you have a sense of plan and and, you know, knowing what your action steps will be when you take your leap, I love you know, that. because when you do that, you know, you can always adjust the course, but whatever preparation you can do in advance, mm -hmm. interviewing people, reading books, you know, talking to people in startup com companies, all those kind of things, or even in your associations or industry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Place. You know, there's people around you who are role modeling success. So learn from them. Mm -hmm. You don't have to always spend a whole ton of money to find those steps right. to get started. We have the internet, you know, mm -hmm. and the only thing I caution people never use the internet um, unless you have a credible source for best practices. Here's my nursing brain coming out. Do right. not doctor Google anything, please <laughs> you know, um, find that credible source because your life could depend on it. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing is do your research, be prepared. And then, you know, think about those beliefs that you're holding, because you want to be able to execute with conviction. Sure. You want to believe in yourself because the people that you go to share your business with, share the messages that you're going to share, they need to believe in you too. Mm -hmm. They can also tell if you have hesitation and right. you can't present yourself well. So then they're going to be like, hmm. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, you had mentioned working your network and, um, you know, connecting with people that are both in the career that you're in now to help you kind of branch out, but then talking to people that are outside that realm and making those connections. And I, I try to, when I have students, students in the hot seat interviews for this, for this show, we talk about that too. Like who, who are five people you could talk to right now that, you know, could give you two more people or three more people to talk to in an industry that you're interested in. So I think that's, I think that's so important and, it, and it's scary sometimes, but I think you don't, like you were saying, you know, 
you have to want the change and then you have to go do the work to make it happen. So um, none of that stuff happens overnight and you have to kind of jump in with both feet and, and you know, just and questions it. have led me to write my third book. Let's yeah. be curious, asking the right questions, getting better answers to create what you want. People have shied away from asking those questions mm-hmm. that they need to ask because they're afraid of how they'll look or they remember a time where someone shut them down. Yeah. And if you can push past believing that that's going to happen again, you know, it's that rejection and it, depending on nothing has any meaning until we give it meaning. Yes. So change the I meaning, love that. Yeah. If we can change the meaning we give to an event, mm-hmm. then rejections, you know, um, I'm thinking of a word right now. Rejection has no meaning to it. It's yeah. like, whatever. It's rejection. Move on. No one can make you feel yeah. inferior without your consent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So whatever has happened to you, whatever meaning you attach to it, because it doesn't have a meaning until you attach something to it to really shift your gears yeah. as to where you want to go. I'm going to write that one down and put that on my mirror because I think I need a dose of that every now and then myself. Um, over the years in your um, in your career transition, you've obviously picked up some tips and strategies that work for you in the way of productivity. So would you mind sharing a few of those with uh, the, our elevators today? Like what's worked for you? What do you think is um, an exciting thing to try? Well, I, I'm pretty partial to this, but you know, what you need to start off with is just a brain dump get everything out of your head that you need to get done in a week or even the day, you know, started in the morning or in the evening, whatever your preference works for you. Yeah. When you can do that once a week kind of brain dump and put down everything that you want to get done. Now it's all great to have it on a to-do list, but it means nothing unless it's in your calendar. Mm-hmm. When you put it in your calendar, that's a game changer because people often yeah. look at their to-do list or someone calls them up and they say, Hey, are you free? And they'll look at their calendar like, yeah, nothing's booked. Totally free. But then they have this ongoing to-do list that continues like Santa's list. Right. Right. They're not getting anything done and they don't feel productive and they're disappointed in their performance. Yeah. So put those things into your calendar. If you can geography them, you know, if like you have run errands, put them in a block of time. I'm all about time blocking. Yeah. Block off the time that you need. But here's the thing. Remember that don't block, unless you're driving to do errands, don't block like a four hour to work on this project. You're right. better to work on something one hour at a time, like yeah. a day by day, because time expands to the amount of time you give it. So whatever project you're going, if I was told you, you got 20 minutes to do as much as you can, you've created a little bit of urgency. Right. You are actually going to work higher performing than you will if I gave you two hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why I love the Pomodoro method so much technique, because it's, I I use that. I will try to do like three to four of those a day, either a big session in the morning or a big session in the afternoon. Cause I find that I crank stuff out like gangbusters, but you're absolutely right. If, if, if my boss were to come in the door and say, um, I need you to, to finish this one thing in 30 minutes, I would, I would, you know, pedal to the metal and get done as much as I could. But if she were to tell me like, Oh, the end of the week's fine or, or anytime, whatever, then it's, that's not, there's no importance to that. So I'm not going to put any energy or effort into getting it done because, because she hasn't put that importance on it. And I, I love the Pomodoro method. I myself use a marinara timer.com. 
um, because I found that my productivity time is 45 minutes. Oh, okay. And I like to work for 45 minutes straight, take a 15 minute break, 45 minutes straight, 15 minute break. Yeah. You know, and then have a longer break after um, two of those. Yeah. So that's a, that's a site that you use marinara timer.com. Yeah, and it's a really basic, it just has a countdown yeah. timer on it online. So it will make a sound when it hits the time. And then I, and then it'll go into the other time and you can set it up as a sequence and everything. Yeah. But I, I use very valuable. Oh, cool. We'll I'll have to try that and see if that one, if that works for me differently. Yeah. I use minimal list learning your optimal time. Yeah. I find when I get started at 20, 25 minutes, I'm just getting going. Yeah. Right. Whereas for others, you know, that's a perfect amount of time for them. Yeah. I think for little, little chores or, or tasks that I I know, like I'm going to make the morning sweep through my email box. Like I'll do that in 30 minutes because I don't want to spend, I feel like the more time I spend in my email, the more I'm giving my time away to other people. And sometimes that's, that's necessary. But if all I'm doing is just doing a sweep to see, what's urgent and needs to be taken care of right now, then I can flip through the unread respond, uh, file or delete, and then close it and move on to the next thing. Um, but yeah, no, you make a really good point that for some projects, like when you get to 30 minutes, you really are just, you know, getting into the sort of like doing a warm up before a marathon or something. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, that warm up period. Is a really great example, Chris, um, because it's, OPA, it's other people's agendas. Often yeah. people are emailing you, asking you for something. Mm-hmm. When you pop into your email, go into the search box, type in who you are expecting and needing answers from. Oh, that's good. The things I've ever learned. Oh, I like that. I really like that. I'm going to try that tomorrow, except that I'm not working tomorrow. I'm going to try that on Thursday. <laughs> Deborah, where can, where can people find you online if they want to connect with you, find your books, hire you, all of the things? Well, first of all, you mentioned my website earlier. So if they go to www.debrakazowski.com, they can reach me. There's a contact page for specifically what they're wanting to contact me about. And then I can send out uh, a calendar linkage and we can connect. I do do 30 minute uh, complimentary discovery sessions to see that we're a right fit for coaching. All right. Um, And also if if your guests go over there right now, there's a three-part mini course um, free, you put in your email and you will get this three-part mini course called making habits stick. Mm-hmm. So it helps build focus and consistency into those goals that you have. So there's a lot of, um, exercises in there to see where you might be derailing and going off track. I am and going so- to sign up for that course myself. <laughs> Sorry about that. I remember hearing it at the end of your show and thinking, Oh, I got to write that down because, uh, yeah, that sounds like a really great course. Yeah. And of course, social media channels. I'm awesome. on all of them. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, find me there. Love the gram. Yeah. I love the gram. Um, awesome. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for carving time for us today. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to, uh, listeners, you don't know this, but we're going to talk tomorrow. I'm going to get to be on her show. So that's just how we roll with the pod pals. We, we swap and we share and, and spend time together and it's beautiful and glorious. So Deborah, thank you again. And, uh, I look forward to chatting with you again. We're going to have a great time. Thank you.